Hello everyone and welcome to a different podcast and this is something that I'm really excited to share with all of you. So first and foremost, again, I just want to thank everyone for listening to the Aviom experience. My name is Christopher and I typically always doing this with my soul, my heart, Aviana Castro. So this week we have a special podcast. Obviously we're releasing this on a Friday. If you're listening to this on the day that we are releasing it instead of our typical Wednesdays, this is a Q&A that we did at the studio. This came about when we first launched it. So in reality, this is one of our first podcasts that we actually recorded in front of a live audience that we had at the studio. And we had a special guest with us. His name was Patrick a very wise soul. So he was able to uh, help us with the Q&A and he was able to answer some of the questions that some of the um, people in the studio were asking. Without further ado, I just want to get right into this. This is actually a longer Q&A, I believe. This podcast is about an hour and 20 minutes or so, maybe a little bit less. But sit back and enjoy this podcast. There will not be any podcast next week. So sit back and enjoy this one with myself, Aviana, and our third partner, Patrick. One, two, three. I. Oh, by the way, did I mention he's only 10? So that's uh, that's how you doing, love? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. So that's not a garage band loop. That's actually actual people. Actual people. Super excited. Our first um, actual live broadcast podcast. Right. Right. So <laughs> so what for those who are who those who will be listening to this? Why don't you explain to them what it is that we're doing? So today is the official soft relaunch of opening of the studio that you decided we wanted to do like off the cuff. And um, so we just decided to open the podcast uh, to inviting people in so they could be a part of it. Um, It was funny because we were talking earlier this week and um, like people actually messaged me that they were nervous about talking live and so I remember when we first started doing lives and Courtney and I started doing Facebook lives, it's it's a little nerve wracking at times. So um, I can understand the apprehension of why people don't want to participate. But once you start talking and you start hearing yourself, it's actually kind of cool because you just are flowing with this energy. So so we have a beautiful group uh, in the studio with us tonight to um, join in in this amazing conversation of just being so. Yeah, fun. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad that we're able to do this part of the podcast that setup that we're doing. You know, we're doing a, a lot of different things. We're doing where you know you or I just speak alone, or you know you're obviously we just you just finished interviewing um, some great entrepreneurs from Vibe Well. Uh, so and then I'm gonna be one on one with podcasts with some other people. So it's a, what we're doing here is we're just creating just a mixture of a bunch of different. Um, interview styles, just a bunch of different conversations because our energies are different. And so sometimes when we have our own conversation, it's different than when we bring someone else on. 
So, you know, as we always do or or I always like to kind of go into is, you know, me, I always ask the aha moment. Uh, So I want to ask you, what is your aha moment of of the week? Um, There has been this been this week has been an interesting week for me. Um, There has been a lot of um, resistances show up, a lot of fatigue that has (laughs) shown up. I've had a lot of people uh, message me saying, are you okay?" And um, which is awesome that people are tuning into, you know, my energy as well. Um, This week, uh, I'm not saying an aha moment, but it was an aha moment of reflection. So for those of you who follow me on Facebook, I was talking a lot about self-care this week um, because this week I hit a point where um, I was, you can always tell when you start feeling a little sick. (laughs) Um, So I had, I did, I I'm not sick, which is a blessing, but you could just feel the little tinges of like, ooh, something may start to creep in a little bit. So you up, you know, the vitamin C dosage, you, you know, just drink, stay super hydrated. We went to Vibe Well, we did some, you know, <laughs> some juices. Um, so you just, you, you try to get ahead of it. But I've been going to bed early this week. Usually I'm up till midnight, one o'clock, mm, 9.30, 10 um, all this week. Um, the, it it really hit a cap this week for me with the move, um, staying, having a ridiculously crazy schedule. Um, my schedule didn't shift, you know, so through all of this, not one appointment was changed through us living here and getting people in through the back door and, uh, Shiva and um, Bianca running into the door between appointments and it's like, ah, you know, going to my mom's every day for showers. It was just like, oh, like we just need to, you know, settle down a bit. And so I feel that that was starting to catch up. And so um, so now we're living in a sea of boxes upstairs, <laughs> but we have the bathroom and the bedroom and the kitchen done. So now we just have the rest of the uh, boxes to unload, which we have to go through because they, they have to be unloaded. So, um, so I feel this week has where you can finally see the, the light at the end of the tunnel, um, a bit. And it was so funny too, um, because Janet's going to kill me. Um, but, uh, Uh (laughs) um, dare I say, but, um, like, so when you, when you mentally, right. So I'm intending and I'm affirming like all day long. And, um, so I'm like, yeah, so like, we're almost to the end of the tunnel. Like things are clearing out, just breathe, just breathe, just breathe. And then all of a sudden, you know, seven appointments came in yesterday. Um, there's a big flux that came in today and I'm like, wait, like, I'm just caught up. And then all of a sudden they start, you know, cycling, you know, through again. So it's just like, you know, I, I'll just, you know, I've just come to the conclusion that I don't think I'll ever be caught up. So, which is good. I mean, it's a blessing, but yeah. So my aha moment was self-care honoring the sacred space. Um, and then just, you know, showing up and doing the best that you can, no matter what's going on. So, yeah. So now, when you say self-care, what do you mean by that? Um, honoring the body, you know, hydrating, um, resting. I took a bath this week and that like never happens. And so I, I think I said, I'm going to take a bath and you're like, what? 
you know, like, yeah, I'm going to take a bath. And I put, um, you know, lavender oil in the bath and just sat there. I ran like two cycles of hot water. That's how long I was in there for. I'm just, I just need to like stop. And, um, and then after that I went to bed and that typically never happens either. So it's little things to, um, just go into recharge. And so why weren't you doing that before? I didn't reach this capacity before. <laughs> you know, you only pay attention when you reach capacity. And so I was reaching capacity because I knew I was I was on the verge of not feeling of catching something. But the good news is is I you know, nothing's there, which is good. Right. And and it's interesting because we were just talking about that earlier where we talked about why is it that if people don't feel good, they wait until like the worst possible moment to get that healing. Uh, you know, and so, and we were just, you know, early we we're talking about, and so we were saying in the way that you say that word, you know, reach capacity, you know, leads me to believe that, you know, we have become accustomed to believing that our life or whatever it is we're going through is normal until we reach capacity and we then look back and we discover that what was happening, you know, quote unquote, wasn't normal, meaning, you know, making sure you get proper rest and making sure you treat the, you know, the body the way or this vehicle to the extent of, of which it requires, which the, the body is, is a very fragile system, but yet we keep on pushing it. Got to show up. Right. Everyone, a lot of, <laughs> and, a lot, and I realize a lot, a lot of, a lot of us do that as well until, until we can. Right. Well, the good news is, is I'm aware, I was aware that my body was giving me forcing. If I wasn't going to take a time out, it was going to force me to take a time out. So you either listen to it and you make the necessary corrections or you keep pushing and then you end up having to shut down for a week. Um, and so I was, I obviously, I don't want to shut down for a week. Um, if I shut down for a week, obviously, you know, you have to make accommodations, but to make, to reschedule and redo everything, that's more stress on me. Um, and so I said, you know what, I'm just going to listen now. So. And that was the one that you, that was your, your realization, your aha this week. Yeah. It was a pretty big one. <laughs> it was a big one. It wasn't outside. Usually not how aha happens outside of you. You know, where this was more of, um, I could feel it, you know. Why don't you coming. explain that a little bit more? What do you mean by usually it's outside of you? Usually, well, typically my perception of an aha moment is something that happens to you or that you see something happening to you or you have like a, um, you know, you, you witness something that is like, oh, you know, you have an epiphany of some sort where my aha moment was a feeling. It was, um, it was a reflection for me. Yeah, mines are. I guess mines are 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 inside as well. Not, but maybe I'm just calling it the wrong thing. Maybe I just need to come up with a new word for an internal awareness or whatever it is instead of calling it a ha moment. Uh, so, but I have two of them. Uh, one of them is is like normal, and uh -oh. then there's one that's kind of crazy. Uh oh. Uh, so I don't. Know. So let me just share the normal one first, and then we will see if we want to share the crazy one after. Uh but but the normal one actually came to me today, uh, which is, I, I guess the reason why it came to me today is because the slap in the head said, talk about this today. That's why it happened today. Do not talk about the other one um, because I haven't processed it enough yet. And maybe that's why. But so interesting. 
so I was um I got I came across this article at work and I and I was re- read through this article um and the article was based on happiness well, it was on you know having one of those happy articles and stuff like that and um you know seventy five percent into this article um that's when I actually got it it was almost towards the end where I just extracted one sentence so to speak or one whatever uh that really just stood out to me and I was like oh this is really important and so what it is or what I extracted from it is that um happiness right this is what I'm extracting from it happiness is not when you're adding things happiness is when you take it when you take something away so what I mean by that... That almost sounds counterintuitive, but I know where you're going with it. Right. It's, it, 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 right, it does. So happiness is by taking something away. And the way that, that it really resonated with me is that, you know, when we are seeking happiness, right, when we're looking for happiness, we typically are, you know, out there and we're doing things, we're getting things to make us feel happy. Whether it is we're buying something to make us feel happy, whether we're, we're with someone to make us feel happy, it's always out there, out there, out there, out there. But what we're not doing and what this article was talking about and what the study showed is that actually happiness is achieved by removing something negative. So by removing something negative brings a certain neurological um, thing to our brain, which then sends all these chemicals through our body that sends back up, uh, you know, these dopamine hits that says we are happy. And that does not include adding anything. In fact, it means you're subtracting stuff. So happiness is the subtraction, not the addition. So then as I kind of, this came to me, you know, I kind of sat back with it. And I was like, well, what is my example of it? Like what? Minimalism. Well, no, not not so much so as it was. Well, if those of you who don't know or may not know, um, you know, I was in Miami for about a year and a half. So I was in Miami for a year and a half. Obviously, it was it was not with AV. AV was here in Michigan. I was in Miami for a year and a half. And for that year and a half, I was not happy. And so through that, you know, I, I, I just, I, I was started, you know, buying things. And, you know, I wasn't, you know, healthy as far as I wasn't eating healthy. You know, I wasn't exercising. I just wasn't doing a bunch of things, you know, that would make me, you know, kind of. So I was doing anything I could to get this sense of happiness. So I was buying things again. I wasn't eating right. I was doing all these things. And you, one can say, well, you weren't happy because AV wasn't there. Well, actually, that's not true. Because if I was, say, on my dharma, if I was doing my passion, whether she was there or not, I would have been happy. So it didn't have to do with the fact that she wasn't there. Of course, it added to it the fact that she wasn't there. But that wasn't it. And so what I was doing while I was in Miami is I was buying things. I was doing all these things. But the one thing that I was not doing was I was not removing the negative source, which was being in the environment that I was in for a year and a half. So it doesn't matter whether I would have bought, you know, you know, cars or, or whatever it is I would have bought. It would have only been temporary because I wasn't really taking care of the origin of the problem, which was where I was working at. And, you know, the, 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 the manipulation, so to speak, that was created out of that. And so that, for me, um, really made sense to me that it wasn't until I removed that 
which was I was coming back here, I was coming back to Michigan, that all of a sudden I started feeling this lightness, this clarity. So when I obviously, and once I was back in Michigan, then I had this extreme clarity that allowed me to take these steps that I took in order to get where I'm at now. It took you a minute to go through that too, you know, cause a you long, were, yeah, you while. were processing, you know, all of that more. Cause as a human, we go through like, why did this happen? Or why did I like go to Florida or, you know, why, why, why? And then the be- the most beautiful thing is when we move that to, what did I choose to learn from this? And you, it took you a minute to process that, but you know, that releasing led you to offloading so many things, you know, and now you have some pretty awesome clarity with all of it. Yeah. Um, a ton, a ton, especially, I mean, I think it comes down to the, the truth is, is that, you know, and it goes back to what we always say is that you have to come from that place in order to be that, you know, so you have to be healed for me anyway, you have to be healed in order to heal. Uh, you, you, you cannot, give advice on a relationship if your relationship sucks you just can't it doesn't make sense now you you now you can talk about you can compare notes of how both relationships suck right but you can't say well you need to leave this person um and then but you're still but you're not doing that you know what i'm saying it's always easier for everyone else to give advice than to take their own advice yeah, yeah. Which is one of the reasons why we stepped on the path that we have is because, and I've shared this a couple of times. I don't know if uh, if anyone remembers this or not, but um, I when I first started on this path of doing readings and such, and traveling and doing everything, I would sit in front of people. I was still working full time at at the job. And doing all this on the weekends. And I remember I would tell people in front of me, oh, you need to live your passion. You need to do what fills your heart. But yet I wasn't doing it because I was still working, um, you know, a gazillion hours. And then um, I'll never remember. I'll never forget this. Um, I I think I came back and I shared that because I remember we were in Lansing that day. We were like cranking it out. We didn't get home or finish doing sessions till like 7 p.m. Um, and then it was just like, da-da. It like totally hit me that spirit said, spirit called me a hypocrite. Like we think spirit's like all gentle and soft, but like oh, I totally got punched, sucker punched. And they said, how dare you go and tell people to live their passion and live their heart if you're not going to practice what you preach? And totally called me out. And then I said, from that moment forward, I had made a pact with spirit and said, I'm not going to preach anything unless I'm walking it. And, um, and I know that that sacred agreement at that moment is the reason why we're where we are. Because there's an authentic energy there. Unfortunately, there's a lot of inauthentic energy humming around right now. <laughs> and so um, I'm not a fan of inauthentic energy. So um, there's, we talked about this last night. We went to Sorrento's for dinner and we were talking about, I was, I was sitting upstairs um, at my desk and just, and I, I wanted to start writing and I didn't have time to start writing because I had a session in five minutes, but the, what was coming was um, um, need and greed. 
And um, there's a lot of neediness and a lot of greedy energy out there right now. And even if you like, even if you um, thumb through social media, it's like all these um, coaching sessions and make, you know, six figures and da, 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 da. And I'm like, since when did helping people equal making six figures? Right. I, I agree. And so it was just like now all of a sudden it's all about making money in order to help someone heal. And I'm like, whoa, like where did we go? Like what happened to really authentically helping people? So, yeah, it was kind of like, whoa, what's what's going on here? Right. It's what, yeah, and, I, and I, Gary, Gary V obviously says the same thing. I totally agree. When a 22-year-old life coach is not a life coach. If you're 22 years old, you don't call yourself a life coach. Well, I, I'm going to have to like just poo-poo that just for like two seconds. So um, there are 22-year-old life coaches that are freaking awesome. Um, it's it's I get where Gary's talking about, but <laughs> I would have this I would have this conversation with Gary it, because only because I've been in that situation, not at 22, but um, there are people wise beyond their years. So, so it's not about how old they are. It's about their experiences that they've went through. And I feel that the experiences that you go through is really what calibrates what you can bring to the table. No, I, I see what you're saying, but I would say this is that most 22 year old. Right, well, even if you're okay, a 22 year old life coach is not going to say, uh, uh, let me say this, a 22 year old life coach who's 22 is not going to say I'm a life coach. They're just going to say I am. You see what they don't have uh, saying I'm a 22 year old life coach is kind of like an ad, right? And these are the people who haven't or don't have this experience. Yes. There are some 22 year olds out there that are awesome, but they're not the ones saying I'm a life coach. They're just the ones saying I'm here to listen. Bigger awareness. Right. So they're here to say, I'll, I'll sit down and listen to you. And then as they speak, now they're speaking from a, from a level of, Okay, wow, you're you're not 22, but they're not saying, "Look at me, I'm some dude, or I'm some Maybe master." Maybe call that forth. Who, if there's any 22 year olds, listen to this. That'll prove. Yeah, I mean, that are I rocking inv- some serious awareness. Yeah, like, I invite anyone to uh, right to let to tell me otherwise. I mean, and it's not like I'm some some dude on a throne or nothing like that to like judge. Uh, but I like right now, I have not met a a 22 year old that was super super wise. Meaning, like, like to say, whoa, okay, this, this, I haven't met a 22 year old Eckhart Tolle. Just put it like that. I'm waiting for that. Right. Uh, so, having said that, um, let's you, bring up our version of Eckhart Tolle. Right. You, you ready? Who, who, who we're bringing up? Mr. Patrick. Coming to the, coming to this What's day. Up? <laughs> you can just take a seat right here. You can just hang out. Friday, everybody. There you go. Um, how are you, my love? Good. How are you? I'm good. Um, why don't you tell everyone um who is listening? Um, obviously we know you're Patrick, but um, where are you from? How old are you? What grade are you in? And then we'll start answering some cool questions. I'm from Michigan. I grew up here. I'm nine years old. I'm in fourth grade. And I forgot what the last thing was. 
Well, let's just get right to the fun part. You do? Did you meditate? Yeah, I like to meditate. Have you been medit? So we haven't had the studio open for almost a month or over a month. So what's your meditation like? Sometimes I'll meditate in bed because mm-hmm. I found out that that helps me fall asleep. Because um, the time that I fall asleep is like eleven o'clock. Holy, so you stay later than I do. I can't stay up that late. At nine o'clock, I'm falling asleep. I'm an old man. Well, my so I, dad falls asleep at the same time, probably ten minutes after me. <laughs> so when you, so you're when you're in bed meditating, like, is there? Are you chanting? Are you like? Are you visualizing something? Like, what's going on? Well, I usually just listen to something. Like what? What's your favorite thing to listen to? I don't really know what it's called. I just like how like like how smooth their voice is. It's yeah. so calming. And I, I love meditating because of my sister. She always she's the one who stresses me out. Yes. Yeah, she stresses me out too. <laughs> Right. right. No, no, she, she does. does. She, she does. does. How does she stress you out? She just, she just sometimes she can be like mean. Right. It just gets me upset. So that's what. So then, when she gets you upset, then that's you go to your happy place. Uh huh. So now, what is is that the only time you meditate when you get ready to go to sleep? Mm, well, sometimes my mom will meditate like outside or on the couch, and I would join her. Do you do you think that your meditation is better than hers? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Have you like so? Let me ask you this. You know, sometimes when I'm meditating, you know, maybe I'll ask a question to myself, and after I'm done meditating, sometimes I get an answer, sometimes I don't, or sometimes I get an answer later in the day. So my question to you is: When you're meditating, do you sometimes maybe have a question, or you know, does something come to you later? Yeah, sometimes when after like I'm done meditating, meditating, um, like a question will come to my head. And and is it now? Do you typically like you just wait for the answer? You said a question comes to you. Now, do you just wait and then the answer comes later, or or how does that work? The answer usually comes later. Is there one? Is there one question that you want to share with us that like really stood out? that you know and then an answer came no you don't have to i don't really want to no that's fine that's you know because there's some probably because you don't understand it yet so sometimes when i'm asking questions like i i I get an answer just like i told you i had two aha moments but i have to only share one because i don't haven't done the other one yet not fully it would sound weird if i would have said it do you have an aha moment that's happened to you that's why i'd rather keep that one (laughs) <laughs> I'll keep that one in the back pocket. Do you, what, do you have an aha moment uh, this week? Something that was like, wow, that was. What about something super cool that happened? Mm-mm. What Not movie that have I you can watched? Think of. What movie? What movie have you watched this week? Uh, I just watched movies on Netflix. Oh, let me ask you this: What's your favorite movie? I don't really have one. You have to have one. Every well, everyone has one. This tells me a lot about you. There's too many. You pick one. One that you can watch 10, uh, 20 times and never get tired of. I would say Dog Hotel. I have no idea what that is. 
None. You know which mine's is? The Matrix. I could watch that movie. Have you seen that? No. What? I hear it a lot. Dad, mom, let's get on it. This You're not missing much. Oh yeah. Just no, just just the first one. Just have him watch the first one. Not second and third, please. Yeah, no, you're, you're not missing much. Not at all. Uh, you know, guess which one is... No, I don't want to say guess because there's a lot of movies. AVs is used to be Chronicles of Narnia. Have you seen that? I've just seen the way your face changed. You're like, whoa. Have, he's, have you seen Chronicles of Narnia? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that used to be AVs favorite. Probably it's the second one now. And now her favorite one is Doctor Strange. Have you seen Doctor Strange? Yeah. That's, That's a favorite. cool movie. She's seen it like three times. That's yeah, the first and I time never you... see a movie three times. I see it once and I'm done. But I went and saw this movie three times in the movie theater. Yeah. Doctor Strange. Well, speaking of movies, I hated how um, Avengers Infinity War ended. Were you sad? Uh, kind of. Well, I guess the movie worked then. That's what it was supposed to do. Like it left, it left me with all such like a cliffhanger. Well, are you gonna go see the second part? I want to. Well, then it worked. That's what they was supposed to do. Uh huh. Yep. So do you do you have a? I told, I asked you if you can think of a question to ask Av because you know she's booked for a long time. Well, I actually did think of a question. Oh. What got you start starting meditation? That's a fabulous that's, question. That's a great question. It is. Um, what started uh, me in meditation was the fact that um, when I had, when I was in a really bad accident and when all of the doctors told me what I couldn't do um, and I believed it for a really long time and then I decided there was an aha moment that came that said that I did not need to own um, everything that they told me that I couldn't do. So I had this little faint voice in my ear that said I could turn all this around if I decided to go inward. And in order to go inward, that meant meditation. So at that moment, I started meditating and everything turned around. So it was a life-changing experience. And because I knew that it worked, because I followed what Spirit had told me, um, then I decided that I needed to share the rest of that with the world. So that's why I am passionate about meditation. Why do you like it so much? I mean, you're nine. Like, it's the same reason for me. Like, with my sister being mean to me, sometimes even making fun of me. She's a great inspiration, isn't she? (laughs) Um, like, when I started meditating, that, it turned around. I didn't really care about what she said anymore about me, anymore. And it would, and if I did, meditation would always just calm me down. You know, she's a really, really good teacher. She's teaching you. At a very young age. So yeah. are you going to you, you be like a, a yoga guy? Are you going to teach yoga? Maybe. You're kind of skinny for it. You can probably do all those weird poses <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> I wish I could. You have zero flexibility. No, no. You should have you seen me in Costa Rica when we were doing yoga. Oh, Lord. I was shaking so much you would have thought it was like zero below. <laughs> I can't hold it. I can't. Yeah. It was, uh, and I hurt myself. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I tell another story. 
Um, but so, you know, we have some people here and I know that you have uh, the mic and you're going to be a little mic runner. And so, I mean, does this, let's just start off Is anyone, you know, anyone have a question um, from any, you know, any type of question you guys want to ask, then just let us know. And then, and then, um, or um, can even contribute to an aha moment that you had this week. Or, right, right. That's a great idea. Or connecting to something that may have um, triggered part of a conversation that we were talking about um, today. Or I, I just um, I wanted to keep this open to Patrick for a second. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to share about your meditation practice or um, what you like about the studio or anything that you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, we missed you. You haven't been here in, in, in a while. I know. It was torture not coming here. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, so you have your own bedroom? Does he have his own bedroom? Yeah, so I have a TV in it. You have a TV in your, in your bedroom? Uh-huh. Also, he was in the room watching TV. I was going to say you can make a studio out of your own room and then you can invite people to go to your room and you can start teaching them yoga as long as they don't touch my stuff (laughs) there we go we got we got some rules you know we don't have any rules here but i guess you can have rules in yours in your studio i have a lot of lego sets that have like thousands of peach pieces Mm -hmm. so you don't want anybody touching them no because if they fall apart then what I've learned um, was that it's hard to put them back together. Oh. Don't you glue them? Everyone glues their Legos. <laughs> but then what's the point? It's just going to... Then you could just make a clay sculpture. Yeah. Basically. That, I learned that mistake the hard way. <laughs> just that way. I used to glue mines. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's, a, that's some great... What about um? Do you have like? Do you have candles? You don't have candles in in your room, do you? No. No. You don't got smelly stuff in your room. Oh, mm. salt lamp. Yeah, it's right next to my bed. Leave it on all night. Mm, yeah. Nice. I love it. I love that. Um. Well, that your mom and your dad bring you here as often as they yes, can. Yes. Thank you. And I I love that as a nine-year-old that you participate in our over uh, an hour meditations, um, which is typically, you know, for a nine-year-old, you should only be meditating for nine minutes, um, but you stay for the whole entire time. And I check on you when you're, when you're meditating and you're chanting and you have the best posture and um, you chant out loud um, like it's no tomorrow. You don't hold anything back, which I am, you know, so grateful for that because there are people, there are adults, Patrick, who won't chant out loud. And you as a nine-year-old are sitting there in your posture and you're holding your mudra and doing your chant and just like it's no big deal. And that is huge for me just to sit and watch, you know, you do that. So thank you for um, being a great role model at nine years old of um, showing people what the practice looks like. It's amazing. Thank you for you, that. You, you know, yeah. you, you can teach here if you want. Really? Yeah, really. Yeah. You can teach you wh- whatever it is you want to teach you. You can teach here. And then when Avi and I are like super old, then you can take over. And we'll, we'll be upstairs 
watching TV, and then you can be down here doing this podcast with other people. Let me ask you this. Do you think that us grown-ups, do you think that we're doing like a good job, not AV and I, well, we were part of it, but not, I'm not talking about the studio. I'm just talking about in the world. Do you think us grown-ups are doing a good job? Mm, well, like grown-ups like everywhere around the world? Yeah. Well, with all the pollution, not really, but I would say kind of. If you can change one thing, you know, what would that be? Anything. Stop pollution, definitely. Like, is when you say pollution, you're talking about like just the the, the plastic stuff or the, the pollution in the air. Um, like trash in the ocean. Um, like poisoning the air. Like just hurting us mankind. Just hurting the environment. I just don't like because I'm a huge fan of animals and that's costing some of their lives. Do you see, have you seen some of those awesome documentaries on Netflix with, with that? No. With, there's a, uh, I'll send you a few of them that are really good um, with, with that as far as what we're doing and what we can do to help. There's what they think is called Plastic Ocean. There's one on Netflix. It's really good. It's inspiring. It might get you a little angry, but then also it's going to inspire you to do something. Because there's some people who are doing something that feel exactly the way you feel. Because I don't think we're doing a good job. It takes people like you to make a difference. Well, the other day I saw a plastic bag on a tree. And that goes along with pollution. I read this book that said, oh, top ten, oh. I mean, top 100 most powerful things on the planet. And plastic bags were one of them with life that they kill. 100%. Um, There's a lot of countries who are banning plastic. Unfortunately, we are not there yet. So, um, you know, it's one of the reasons why recycling is so important or, you know, picking up things that are trash and litter. You know, it's... um, it's doing our part daily uh, to make a difference and contribute. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like to watch, um, like, videos about ants sometimes. Like, I watch Ants Canada. It's um, a YouTuber that has, like, all these ants in his room. And he has, like, yellow crazy ants, all kinds so there's one there's one thing that we've seen, and I know you would have loved this, and we've never seen this before and we were this was we was in Costa Rica, and you should go there next summer. It's really cool um so we were in Costa Rica, we were doing a retreat, and it's the first time we've seen this actually we always see only seen it on the animal planet thing, so it's the kind of thing you know where you get where you see on t v where you get like ants, and I'm talking about like armies like the so the it's this thick. So it's that wide, I would say, I'm just saying thick for people listening to this on the podcast. I mean, it's almost like two feet wide of ants. And, and so what they call it in Costa Rica is their pest control. And so what happens is you just stay clear out, out of the way and they'll come in 
and they'll do they'll go through everything and it's it's just like it is in the in the animal shows which is weird because i mean you can get close obviously you don't want to put your foot in it cuz it would just be cannibalized but um you you look you can look down and you can see like the bigger ants on top of these little rocks like giving the direction and everything and there's a coming and going so they're going in through some there's some coming this way and then they're coming out through the other and and you see them carrying all these things they're carrying little spiders little bugs and basically what they they're even doing even carry scorpions scorpions so they're bringing it they're bringing it to their mound to the ant hill thing and if you wait there which is this, this weirdest thing you can see them you know and you come back 10 minutes later they're gone they they don't stay there like a whole day 10 minutes and they're gone and they now they just know that they call it pest control you stay out their way even so um the hostess for the retreat so we're saying now that even like the insects know when they're coming so they try to go to high ground you know and again scorpions will go to high ground because they do have scorpions in costa rica they'll go to high ground because even scorpions cannot survive this i mean this swarm of ants it is the weirdest thing i've ever seen in my life i mean i've seen it on tv but never in real life and i thought it was like the coolest thing ever and it's super fast. They're like in and out, like in within a few minutes. But you just see them. You're just kind of like, oh my god. There's this. Like, what do you do? What do you do? And you just get out of the way, and they just. And it just and it just goes to show the intelligence of an ant. Well, we need to do that to the truck because there's all kinds of little spiders crawling around. I think we. All right, so we're gonna invest in some ants. Well, maybe there's some lingering food or something right. in the truck. I don't know if Michigan ants are as smart as Costa Rica ants. <laughs> awesome. Let's open it up. Let's open it up. Does anyone have anyone want to share maybe an aha moment, if not just a question? Um, or something that's going on in your week or having a question or open it up to anything and everything. Because yeah, if not, I'm just going to share my second aha moment. So we got the mic runners going over. Thank you, Patrick. You're welcome. Oh, I'm gonna pull that out of the pocket there. Okay. So, Aviana, um, through your teachings and many other spiritual teachers, I've learned to try to look for the lesson in the contrast in my life. In my aha moment, I've been still working on my meditation room, and I'm painting, and I always listen to some inspirational leader, teacher in my life. And it's been Wayne Dyer this week. And I was listening to him and I had my aha moment. And he says in there, he's giving like 100 things of life. And he says, okay, now write this one down. And you need, so I'm stop painting. And I go and I grab the pen and I'm ready. And it's been with me all week. And I'm trying to remember this when I'm experiencing things um, that are, contrast or dense is nothing goes wrong in my life and so that has been kind of a a saving grace to me this week so far and I'm trying to always remember that and recall that and I have it on my sticky note in my room and um so that's my aha moment I love it nothing goes wrong in my life nothing goes wrong in your life um we have to be um a little aware of that statement however <laughs> um well, it, it's hold on, a, hold on. before you answer i want to get patrick's answer on that 
Well, it's not an answer, but what do you what do you feel about what she shared? I feel like that could be true because like you nothing could go wrong in your life and that's like a blessing for you. It's like that book that I read, The Girl Who Never Makes Mistakes. What's that book about? What do you mean? So she's this perfect little girl that makes no mistakes, but her brother makes all these mistakes. And in the end, she sees how fun it is to make a mistake. And she sees that it's not wrong to make a mistake. You can learn from that moment. So good. Right. So, love, can you top that? I don't think I can top that. I think I need to read the book. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, um, that just basically, you know, sums it up. When we, as adults, I'm going to talk about adults for a second. Um, as adults, obviously everything is a blessing. Everything is an experience to learn from. Um, the more aware we become, the more that we can use that as a safety net, meaning that um, we can we can halt our progress. You know, we can we can have procrastination or make excuses for justifying, but it's okay right now. It's okay right now. So it's a very fine line. Yes, everything happens in divine order. However, if we're holding in a pattern that we know is not good for us and we say this is divine and nothing is wrong, then we're actually giving ourselves permission to prolong to step into it. So it can be a little tricky based on our awareness. There's a uh, a saying that goes something like, and I always said this, I believe in it too, that if you think you can, or if you think you can't, you're right, right? So it doesn't matter. If you think you can, you think you can't, you're right. And so Avi and I had this discussion, uh, excuse me? Oh, no, I thought you said something, but hey, Patrick, run. <laughs> Though, um, and, and so, but, so Avi and I were having this conversation yesterday, uh, last night, and the interesting thing is what I shared with her was that no matter what we do, we're always in alignment. Whether something happens that we don't want to happen, we are still in that alignment, which is why it happened. So no matter what it is we do, we're always in alignment. It's only that um, the perception of our, of our own egos that wants this outcome and the outcome doesn't happen. And we say we're not in alignment because that outcome didn't happen. But in truth, we are in alignment because the outcome that did happen in this moment was the alignment that provided that outcome in this moment. Right? Sure. Is that right? I would say yes. Right? <laughs> so it, it, it makes sense, right? I mean, and it, but because, so think about this. Uh, what's, you have an ego? Ego? Ego, E-G-O, ego. Okay, the answer is yes. So <laughs> what's your ego's name? Ego. You're going to call your ego, ego? Keep mm -hmm. it simple, right? Um, so do you know when your ego is speaking to you? No. Do you know when your spirit is speaking to you? Well, um, when my 
my ego is speaking, I usually just ignore it. Like, because whenever my ego talks, it's mostly about greed, hate. So good. So good. But my spirit is saying to give, not take, and that's what I've been doing. So you, so you do know when you, you do know when your ego is is speaking and when your spirit is speaking. Mm-hmm. And so when you want something to happen and it doesn't happen, who do you blame? Your ego or your spirit? I would blame nobody because the path that I'm on is great and if I do have something go wrong that I don't want to happen, I correct it. So do you give credit to when it's corrected? Do you give credit to the ego or the spirit? I give credit to the spirit for telling me. Like if I get in a fight, I'll go back a little while later and say sorry. And that's my spirit talking to me, saying to apologize. You don't have to say those things. So what about with your sister? What does your spirit tell you to tell her? Mm. Your spirit don't say nothing, huh? The spirit is quiet on that one. No. The ego is chatting away. <laughs> I got something to tell you. <laughs> that's, that, that's great. Does anyone have a, a, another aha, aha moment they want to share? Kate, I know you have one. Go to her. You know what? Just go down the line. <laughs> Yeah, I guess my aha moment would relate to uh, perceived heartbreak uh, in the last week. And it's interesting because as you share that with others, they talk, to, they talk to you about, well, it's good that you're busy and, and you're distracted. And in my mind, my aha moment is I, I, I need to I actually need to marinate in the pain because that's where you learn. And I need to listen, not be distracted all the time. So that would be my aha moment, is, is right now, in this pain, I need to listen. That would be my aha moment. Super powerful. You bring up a good point, um, because the, um, it, it, um, <laughs> um, don't listen to people who don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> or I should say that was kind of rude. Um, you know, true, everyone though. has their perception of what is best in their personal experience, you know. So how awesome is it that you're getting feedback from other people, but you're still in alignment, what is in alignment with source, right? Because the more you push back, the more that you create a distraction, the longer it's going to take you to heal. And not only that, but what's going to happen is you're going to project this same exact heartbreak only worse coming in because we don't let go of what it is that you're supposed to be learning from, right? So, um, you know, gratitudes, you know, um, um, pain is um, Eckhart Tolle talk. We can go into Eckhart Tolle moment, but he calls it, you know, the pain body. And it's not the pain that hurts. It's actually the resistance to the pain, right? So the pain doesn't hurt. Um, It's the resistance to it. So actually that's the attachment is your lesson. Yeah. Right. It's all, 
because you know in the and the example on that is the fact that you know if you and I've said this before I might have said it to you you know if you stub your toe ouch it hurts you know and it heals but a month later you're not going to say ow ouch my my toe hurts like no it, it happened a month ago and you endured the pain in that moment and you know 2 months later you don't need to keep on saying ouch I stubbed my toe when it happened so long ago it's like AV is saying that pain is nothing more than awareness right it's an awareness saying look at me pay attention to me in this moment whether it's emotional physical uh you know spiritual whatever type of quote unquote pain it's not more than a, a trigger point of awareness but i think also what happens is that this is where the ego um tends to and that's another thing i wanted to talk about tr- changing that word but anyway we'll just stay with this for now is is the ego's um will hold on to that that you just provided whenever you say i'm hurting I'm suffering, I have a heartbreak, your ego's going to hold on to that and say, okay, now we have something. But then add to that words, words create behavior, behavior creates belief. You're saying, I'm, I have a heartbreak, guess what? Your mind doesn't know how to take a joke, so your mind's going to say, heartbreak, let's create some blockages in your heart. Because you cre- you're saying heartbreak, your mind is going to send that message to your body. There's going to be things that are going to create this, this blockage in your heart because you're telling people, my heart is broken or, or I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that. And then the ego is going to hold on to it because the ego endures its power through suffering because suffering is another way to become enlightened. You know, we don't have to endure suffering to be enlightened, but most of us choose that. You know, this is the choice we're making. The same way we want to shift what we're seeing out in the world. And we could have done it without going through all the madness we're going through now. We could have done it the easy way. But our minds tend to go complicated. And so we have complicated our evolution, our, our enlightenment. We've complicated it based on what's going on out there. Because we subconsciously created everything that's going on out there. So we can blame whoever we want on politics, but it's not their fault. It's all our fault because we created it. It's part of what we're here to learn. But I want to go back to um, interesting. So <laughs> uh, this is what happens when we have these conversations. I get like the ding, ding, like a word that you said just like lit up like fireworks. Um, you said perceived heartbreak. Um, what do you mean by that? Oh. Run, run, run. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Patrick. <laughs> he actually ran one faster. <laughs> um, well, I say perceived heartbreak. I, I assigned a time frame to it. And frankly, um, the last several weeks, you know, I've had thoughts of, uh, I don't think this is uh, uh, right in this relationship. Uh, maybe it will transition to being a friendship, or, or maybe it'll just transition. Um, it's an interesting thought because I say perceived heartbreak um, because there's a love there, but there will always be a love. So it's, I think the thoughts that have come to me this week is that it's transitioning that love. Uh, so it's not necessarily a lost love. I don't, I'm probably speaking in circles right now. I've, I've had a lot of thoughts going on but um there's some peace um that i know where it's at because for several weeks i've felt things were off um 
and uh, now there's a truth. And so it's like, okay, I've got the truth. There's a relief in a sense and a peace that I'm finding with that. And I'm trying to keep in mind we chose to be in each other's lives for a reason, uh, whether it's the short time frame or it transitions into a friendship, um, which either way I value. Um, and so maybe this is part of the journey and it isn't really a heartbreak. I'm just questioning that, you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I'm trying to listen. I think that um, I believe when you said perceived, if you don't mind me sharing my interpretation of that, um, I feel when you said perceived heartbreak that that was your soul speaking. Um, because when you start thinking and having all these thoughts and, you know, we're trying to process, you're trying to process this, but how I see it is that the perceived heartbreak is actually, you're observing what you, the human is experiencing, but is the soul is not. Yeah. There's a peace within my soul right now. And I, I can't explain that. Yeah. Uh, which That's is the knowing, which is interesting because. I've only committed to two other people in my life, uh, and I'm 40 years old, so I don't date or commit very often, right? Um, and those those loves that were lost, per se, uh, I felt different. I didn't feel as in peace, I guess. Um, and I, But I was speaking to her earlier, and, and you learn something new, what you need, what you want, what you deserve. And so I'm just trying to really focus on that. And, I know I, I spoke with you last weekend via Facebook Messenger, and uh, you hit the nail on the head. What am I choosing to learn from this? And that's the mode I'm trying to be in right now, but that requires me to listen. It requires me to listen um, to more than just my human thoughts, my ego, as Chris would say, to my spirit and what feels. I don't know how to even explain it. You're just observing what the experience is as you move through it. You know, so don't try to rush it. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't try to shove it under the rug. Don't try to be distracted by it. Right. Um, you bring it in and you love it. Mm-hmm. You love it. You know, it's going it's to help me and my soul and, and my development as a human. So, um, and hopefully in the end of it all, I can give more. You, there is no doubt that you will not give more because the thing is, is that you're, you're able to look back on your other relationships and you've not had the sense of peace. That's mm-hmm. because of all the work that you've done. Ah, okay. <laughs> you're not yeah. the same Kate. Yeah. That's a good thing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you would not want to know that Kate. <laughs> Just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's powerful. Right. You know, you we don't often see our own growth until we become the observer of it, and that was your observation that this you're finding peace. You're moving into gratitude for this experience. Hallelujah. That's where the healing begins. And to me, it's all about my intention should come from love and kindness, uh, regardless of whatever's popping into your ego, you know. Um, so um, yeah, yeah, I'm working, I'm, I'm actively engaged in listening on it. So, um, perfect. Yeah. That's great. No, you know, um, and, and we talked about this, was it last week or something like that? You was talking about, um, med- you know, in, in meditation that, you know, we create, um, a sense of, of silence when we're in meditation. And one of the things that came to me was in that moment, like last week or the week before, 
was how silence is another language. And we're not accustomed to the language of silence. Instead, we're accustomed to the language of noise, of sound. And so to become fluent in silence is to then learn, or I should say remember, a language that is so pure, which is our actually our, our I believe, our origin. That's our, that's our language is, is silence. It's emotion, feelings. It's... Because what translate out of that silence is the, is, the, is the act of listening, right? And so when you're listening, you, you find out that all these things are speaking to you. You know, uh, all walls and, and emotions. Flowers. What? The wind. The wind. Everything is, is speaking in these signs. Patrick, uh, what happens? What, do you, what would you say if someone is, is feeling hurt or feeling sad? What, what would you tell them to do? Or what would be your advice to that person? It depends what kind of sadness. Let's say, they're, let's say they're friend, they're really best friends, and one friend leaves to another state, and they're not going to see them no more. So how, and then that person is sad because their friend left and they're not going to see them no more. So what would you tell the one that, the friend that's here? Well, actually, that happened to me in kindergarten. I was friends with a kid named Braxton, and um, he moved to, like, a whole different state, and I haven't seen him since. How did you handle that? I just said my goodbyes and said that we would always be friends no matter where you are. And then he... And then... Off he went to a different state. You ever think about him? Yeah. You you don't know where he's at? What state did he go to? I can't remember. Just some other state? Uh-huh. You guys don't know? What state? Arizona? No. Well, either way, so, but what you did is you just said, you just let him go. Right? You said goodbye. I didn't want to hold them back. So you felt so you felt that you would hold him back if he would have stayed here. I mean, I, obviously, I know he couldn't because of his parents, but yeah. but you felt that if he would have stayed here, because you you would have held him back because you would have want him to stay. Yeah, because like I wouldn't want to stop him from continuing on his path. So I just let him go on his path, and I went on mine. Sometimes that's one of the things we have to do. Freedom, freedom to Patrick loves him so much. He's letting him go. What do you, what do you what do you think about just the word of letting go of let go? Let go. No. It's a powerful word, especially if you're going to become a yoga teacher. Letting go is a powerful word. What does that mean to you? Just means to to me just letting go. Can you let go of your Legos? Mm-hmm. If somebody else in the world needed them more than me, then I'd be happy to give them to them. Because I'm more of a giver, not a taker. If we could only teach this around the world right now we are 
You so. were on the podcast. <laughs> Patrick, I think we're going to have you as a regular. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, he's we're, he's we're a 22 year old and nine year old body. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna wait for you till you're 22. <laughs> so that's what that's quite a few years from now. What book are you? Are you? Oh, you. What was the name of that book again? The girl who never makes mistakes. The girl who never makes mistakes. Can you text <laughs> me that in the show notes? Or actually, text like, me that. I think it was like the girl who never made a mistake. Whenever you find it, just text it to me. I'm going to put it in the show notes because I'm not going to remember that now. My teacher read it at school. Does anyone else have an aha moment they would like to share? Something that maybe uh, an aha moment that really kind of stood out? So I want to share with one of us. I'm going to share mine if you don't share yours. Share, share, share. I don't have an aha moment. Patrick, I need you to be more observant. So I have, I have two questions. So the first one's for Aviana. So you mentioned that since he's nine years old, Patrick, that he should only meditate for nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Can you explain why? Um, they it, That's part of the training and part of the course. They We just don't want to, you know, um, overwhelm, you know, energies um, with too much information because not that he's getting too much information because he's wise beyond his years, but um, most people can't meditate for five minutes or kids can meditate for two minutes, but he's meditating for, you know, longer periods of time. So typically the, the, um, the framework that we say for children is they meditate for how long whatever their age is so um he's um he's doing more than that and having you know massive results clearly by you know the conversations that we're having here so um patrick is um, a very special soul obviously so yeah my second question is for chris um you talked about happiness that it's about taking stuff away that makes you happy. Can you explain how you know what to take away to make you happy? The thing that is pulling at you the most, meaning, and I'm referring more towards like a, a draining energy. Whatever is draining most of your energy is the one thing you, you, you consider creating a separation from, whether it's a space it's because some, and it's sometimes it's hard to do that because sometimes it can be family, you know? And so sometimes, you know, obviously we don't, you know, want to just hang it up, but we need to recognize it because we're never going to be in that state of, of feeling complete when we just keep on adding and not taking away, you know, right? And so, um, and if you guys, and you, you guys probably know most of my story when it comes to you know, what I went through, you know, this year and last year with, with my mom and the fact that I had to create the space between us, uh, a very wide space between us because and it wasn't that it was had nothing to do with the negativity, but more so had to do with the fact that I came to recognize, you know, that not all relationships are meant to be forever. You know, we just assume that they are. Um, and so you learn your lesson from it and you can still honor it. I still honor that relationship. But I decided to create a sense of um, of space, and so it's about removing whatever is creating the 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 
the pull, whatever's taking your energy away, whatever's exhausting you, it's if if you can get rid of it, then yes. Um, but if you can't, then you create that separation. You know, um, now I talk to my mom probably once a month where before it was, you know, it was more, more than that. Um, but I, I had to do that. I had to do it for me, you know, um, as currently I had to do that for me, but I didn't re- realize or recognize that really until again, you know, just this past year, I'll, I've had a lot of truth come out with that, but you know, um, you don't, you don't really know. And it might be a few things. And so you do the smaller things to kind of, you know, create that space separation, getting rid of the negativity allows you to then have this content of, of happiness that goes unseen. Um, not adding stuff is not going to do anything to that because the problem is still there. Does that make sense? I want to add to that because I think it's, um, um, you said whatever it is that's creating, um, you know, something that you need to get rid of. Um, I would even add to that whatever's creating resistance in your life. Um, you know, which is kind of the same thing, but interestingly enough, I preach about stepping into resistance. Um, when you step into resistance, you actually remove because you step into the experience, you step into the lesson of it instead of looping it 24 times. So it, which is actually removing it. So it, it actually goes hand in hand with that. Yeah. And you know, and it, because the thing is, is, is by default, you know, we are accustomed to adding things. That's just our default behavior because we've been led to believe that by adding things, it will create a sense of happiness, you know? For instance, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not in, I'm not in a relationship. Um, so the mind will say, well, I need to be in another one in order to kind of feel that happiness again. Maybe not in this moment, but you know, it's going to say, well, you know, I'm in another relationship. I'll be happy. But the truth is, is that, um, it's by removing, you know, that source, that, that draining thing, um, that then creates that, you know, clarity. Well, for me, it came clarity because, you know, the thing is this, is that um, our minds are set to complicated. That's just our default thing, complicated. Every single thing is complicated. You know, we make it that way. I make it that way. I need to become more aware of, you know, making things easier for me. Um, But that's just our mindset, you know? Um, And so because... Simple and easy is, is we don't fathom that because we now believe that everything needs to be difficult and hard. And so, you know, it, it's just like they say, when you're healing something, it takes a very long time to, you know, if you're depressed or you're going through anxiety, it's, I've been in, a, I've had anxiety for 10 years. So we automatically assume that the healing is going to take 10 years. And that's not the case. You know, it can be as easy as, as you know, as, as you want it to be in this moment. Um, so it really comes down to, you know, the the mindset, you know, and the pull that 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 we have going on. I love the quote that says, "If you want to heal a wound, stop touching it." Right. Well, going along with um, making space, um, he just put eleven in the fridge, which I still need to do for Hannah. But you, oh. yeah. You want to know, you don't want to know something though. She's grounding you. Because if she doesn't ground you, then you'll be so high and flighty and stuff like that, that you wouldn't be able to sit here. You'd be floating, which you would probably like, but then we wouldn't be able to hear you. Yeah, you're right. 
But it would be cool to flow. Yeah, I know it would be cool to flow. But, you know, we want we want to see you and talk to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We'd be scared of you if you were floating. Well, I'm, some of us oh, would. He would be levitating just through that. Right. I'm like, Patrick, where are you? <laughs> and, you know, actually, um, who said this? And I can't remember who said this. I found this fascinating that um, it was an interview with um, Amy Winehouse. Those of you who recognize Amy Winehouse, talented singer, talented singer. She, her voice almost was, she was young in her 20s. Um, she passed away overdose. And, um, but her voice was like from the 40s. She had this amazing jazzy voice. And um, what, what they were saying in the interview is that these people of this magnitude, of this talent, need something to ground them to this level. Because without being grounded to this level, they would just, they wouldn't even be here. They would be so like at this level that they, something needs to bring them to this level. For her, it was addiction. So her addiction brought her to this level. Imagine if Amy Winehouse never had any addictions at all. What she would be doing to the music industry now is she would be completely disrupting it. They would be playing her song 24-7. Um, you know, and you can look at some past patterns of, say, like Madonna and Cher and some of these people that made these crazy impacts and then had to leave the limelight to go hide, basically because of the fact that we were trying to ground these these amazing people. Taking that a step further, one of the things that people at this magnitude, at this talent do is imagine, and this was it was like this for Amy Winehouse, they would say, hey, can you write this song? So she would grab a piece of paper. She would go into a room. Eight minutes later, she would come out. Here goes the song. She would sing the song, and she would approximately get a five, six, seven million dollar bonus on that. So now this is what you have to think about. Imagine someone who can go in into this um, into this space five or six minutes and come out, you know, and and just have a a five, six million dollar song on their hands. What that tells us is that the appreciation of a talent. So for her, that was nothing. That was just like, it's nothing. So, you know, again, now you go into addiction because uh, a sense of dopamine, they, they need to rush because they're not getting from this amazing talent because to them, that's just normal. It's like, it's just normal. This is nothing. And to us, we're like, you're crazy. I mean, this, this voice, this song, it's everything you're doing is amazing. And so again, that's the sense of, I want to feel alive led to the addiction. And then it also brought her to this level and to ground us. So what I'm saying is she's grounding you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just thought I need to share that. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Um, we probably were in our closing segment. So if there's anyone who wants to ask an additional question. It's um, like a last, uh, a last, uh, last one, right? Yeah, last question. I'll ask a question. So I want to know, um, in a dream, can you be truly experiencing the experience that you dreamt? And when you wake, like, feel, your body feels still like you're in the dream. Say, like, if you were on the ocean, like, in this ocean, and then when you wake up, you're, like, still completely just 
not like dizzy or whatever. Is that an experience or I'm a dream or was it crazy? <laughs> I don't know, you know. All of the above. All of the yeah. above. No, just kidding. Can it happen? Like, totally can happen. Um the from what I was taught and from what I um learn from spirit, you know, the soul is not inside the body, the body's inside the soul. Um so really um, I have a belief system that every time we go to sleep, we leave the body um, because we're not really in the body anyways. Um, so if we even take that further or another example um, of connecting to the afterlife, you know, those are true visitations. So when you have an experience with someone, a loved one who's passed and you're dreaming about them, it's not a dream. You're having a full on conversation, visitation with um, people. Um, so it's um, those are moments that we hang on to that are so precious because it allows the mind to settle. Um, because when we're in this human experience, we can't fathom that that's possible. Um, so when we rest and these things happen, um, um, it is indeed true. Imagine if we can get to that state because it's possible in waking state. And, um, and that's, that's why we meditate because when we go into that transcendent space, there's no such thing as time or space. We become, you know, full consciousness connected to the, to the divine. And so, um, only the mind perception keeps us here based on the limitations that we're connected to. So, um, 150%, um, you can wake and then still be in that experience. So even way cooler is my, it was me and my mother. <laughs> so, and that's why I, it had to be like a real experience. Um, so you were having a visitation yeah. with your mom. Yes. That's, but to wake up and be it, like, I was like, why am I, I thought it was my like vertigo or something. And I'm like, wait a minute. I was on a boat in the ocean, yes. wrangling a boat, like with no fear, but then I was dizzy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it had to be like yes. a true, true experience yeah. with her, which is super awesome because the water represents um, the cleansing of the soul. And there was no fear. And we were like, just wrangling. That's all I can think of is like wrangling this boat. And we were just there. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. But yeah, anyway, thank you. Yeah, super awesome. Yeah, I so I have a question for you, and then because it also goes to the idea that, um, and I, I shared this with you. So about a month ago, this was a month ago, something like that, that I actually was, I had a dream, I was while I was dreaming, and I remember in the dream speaking to someone, and I was telling this someone, it's like, oh, by the way, I just want to let you know I'm dreaming. It, <laughs> Which was super weird, and I told A.V. about it. I was like, like, wow, like, dude, I just had this dream that I was telling the person that I was in a dream. Like, I recognized it. So, but my question then is this to you, is uh, then I know that what I was experiencing in that moment was a dream. It wasn't me going anywhere. It was a dream. Um, what's the difference? Is there a difference between, say, my dream and that experience and her experience? There's no there's no difference between that. Yours was just the witness of the witness. 
you know, so you were, um, which is one of the things that you practice in real life or in waking state, I should say not it. Um, one of the things that was posed to me, um, in my, in the Deepak training, <laughs> um, uh, and Deepak is amazing. Deepak Chopra. Um, one of the things when we were talking about the, the layers of consciousness, um, I think it was the layers of consciousness we were talking about. Um, and we were talking about dream states and waking states and conscious states and things like that. And, and, you know, he's, he's a clever individual. And he said, what if, um, this waking state is actually the dream state and our dream state is the waking state. And we're like, what? <laughs> you know, um, because we think when we go to sleep is is the non-real, and then this is the real. But maybe it's the reverse. We don't know, you know. So, um, you know, it's just a matter of being open and conscious of all of the experiences and all the messages that we're giving at all times. And I know that, and most of you may know that, you know, even in the in the Bible, it says this that you know Adam went to sleep. And nowhere else in the Bible does it ever say he ever woke back up. So that's one of the things that you go to what you're saying was that, you know, we can all potentially be in the dream of Adam in dream state. What do you think about that? You're in someone's dream right now. That's, um, that's like really mind blowing right there. <laughs> that's like, <It's> really... <laughs> like, yeah. That you could be in somebody else's dreams. Oh, like, this is all, like, just a dream. That, that's just, like, kind of mind-blowing for me. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, Patrick, we are so grateful that you were joining us this evening and yes. gracing your presence with everyone here. Will you come back and do this with us again? I would. Okay. You got a good radio voice. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you want any last closing words that you'd like to share with the audience? There's going to be over 10,000 people going to download this podcast, just to let you know. Oh. That's a lot of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. So is there anything you want to share with them as, la- as, your last, as your parting words for this podcast? Have a great Friday. <laughs> They're not going to download it on Friday, Patrick. No. <laughs> so let's, uh, you got another thing you want to share? Or maybe I'll wait. Oh, you know what? I'll wait. I'll make sure this podcast comes out on Friday. Okay. All right. I'll let you know. Last words, love? Um, I'm just grateful that we're all here sharing space in the studio. Um, I've been in the studio just sitting here for the last couple of nights, um, just with all the lights off, just, you know, embracing the presence of what it has to offer and what we're going to be doing in the future because we have lots of cool things coming Right, it's, yeah. it's, it's great to be to be back. To be back, right? Yeah. And so, everyone, please give a hand to Patrick here, who is our mic runner. He did an excellent job. Um, he was he was quick. I've never seen someone hold a microphone so great and passing along. And um, and thank you all again for being here, sharing your time and energy with us. We love you all. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank and, you for having me. Yeah. You're always welcome, little guy. You're going to start paying rent here, too. <laughs> <laughs>